and Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back to our brand new podcast session to discuss various policies related to our country with the title Borak Policy. I'm Adlina. I'm Shafika. And I'm Zulaiha. We will be the host for today's podcast. We are now in the third episode of Borak Policy entitled Evolution of Movement Control Order or as known as MCO. As we all know, Malaysian Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin made an official live announcement on 16 March 2020 at 10pm. MCO was implemented after Malaysia had recorded a total of 553 cases, 190 cases per day, prior to the announcement and 125 cases on the day of announcement. The purpose of this control order is to contain the spread of the virus of COVID-19 by restricting the people's movements and obviously to flatten the curve. Implemented throughout Malaysia starting at midnight of 18 of March 2020, this MCO is put under the Prevention and Control of Infectious Diseases Act 1998 and the Police Act 1967. I still remember the day everyone was so panicked due to this control order. The MCO was extended for four times for a period of two weeks each until 12 May 2020. For the first phase, it started from 18 March until 31st of March, while the second phase started from 1st April until 14 April. The third phase started from 15 April until 28 April and the last phase for MCO started from 29 April until the 12th of May. Phew, this is a long period for us. Yes, exactly, Adlina. During the MCO period, the government strictly prohibits any mass movement and gathering across the country. This includes religious, sports, social and cultural related activities. All houses of worship and business premises are closed during this time except for supermarkets, grocery stores and convenience stores that sell essential items. Only the head of the family was allowed to go out to buy the necessities. Meanwhile, for Muslim, Friday prayers in mosques nationwide were suspended. Moreover, as we all know, due to MCO, the closure of all kindergartens, daily and boarding school, skill training institutes and higher education institutions were implemented. Other than that, the closure of all government and private premises, except those involved in essential services such as water, electricity, energy, telecommunication, oil and gas, transportation, broadcasting, food supply, and last but not least, traveling abroad and between states were prohibited. Oh, to add, interstate travel across the country is only permitted with police permission. As for Malaysian citizens who have just returned from overseas, they need to undergo a health check and a 14 days of quarantine, as well as the restriction on the entry of tourists and foreign visitors into the country. However, international visitors who wish to return back to their own country are allowed to do so, as airports are essential service and allowed to be operated. Basically, MCO is very challenging and I'm sure everyone is affected by the situation. That's true, Zulaiha. 
but as the number of daily cases and active cases of COVID-19 reduced in Malaysia by mid-April, the government had relaxed several measures of the MCO. Minister of Transport Malaysia, Wika Siong, confirmed that all public transportation services would resume on 4th of May but would abide by social distancing measures. On 30 April, the government announced that two family members will be allowed to buy food and other daily essentials as part of the relaxation of MCO restrictions. On 21st of June, Senior Minister Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob announced that couples whose marriage registration had been delayed as a result of the movement control order could not complete the process at all permitted NGOs in the country, including clan organisations, temples, churches and religious bodies. Hmm, due to the MCO, it is hard as everything is being delayed in which people have to adapt to the new normal of working and learning where everything is done online. Just like us, we are struggling with online classes and at the same time conducting an online campaign. But that does not stop us from keeping the listener informed about our current government situation and policies. As we all know, there are also optimal changes in our daily routines and practices where we have to wear a mask now and stand one meter apart. Due to the COVID-19, everyone is greatly impacted. As months go by, businesses are forced to shut down. We can see that reports of unemployment keep on increasing as more people are being laid off or their wages are being cut down. Our economic growth at that moment also declined intensely. On the bright side, MCO with the collaboration of the capabilities of the Malaysian Health Services helps in curbing the spread of the COVID-19 virus. Hmm, it is very challenging to all of us. Anyway, Adelina, could you please share with us regarding the situation during the MCO? Sure, I would love to. Okay, Police Terajah Malaysia or PDRM conducted roadblocks at key points across the country to monitor any attempt of travelling between states. Starting from 22nd of March, Malaysia's military forces or ETM were mobilised to assist PDRM operations. At first, the public were warned that violators of MCO SOPs may be subjected to various penalties under the Penal Code Act 574. On 18 March, the Attorney General Chamber announced that violators of MCO SOPs can be fined up to 1,000 ringgit Malaysia or jailed not more than six months or both. As the penalties were ineffective, Senior Minister Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob on 14 April said that the offenders will be arrested and remanded on spot. Hmm, that is correct, Adina. People can only move from one place to another only to perform work or official duty. Other activities that were allowed during MCO include supplying or delivering food and daily necessities, or seeking healthcare and medical services. Not to forget, only one person per car is allowed. There were various hotspots in Malaysia that went through a disinfection process carried out by the Malaysian Fire and Rescue Department Bomber and Alam Flora Environmental Management Company. Government and health workers have been working hard to track and conduct health screening towards about 3,000 members of religious gathering, which was the cause of the spike in COVID-19 cases in Malaysia early this year. Uh-huh. Don't forget that panic buying also happened at supermarkets the night before MCO first implemented. Phew, what a journey. 
On to the next phase, Malaysia has been under four types of lockdowns since the COVID-19 outbreak began in March, and most states are still going through one of them. These differing measures have a bureaucratic name, movement control orders, and come in four flavors linked to their varying strictness and limitations. This is frankly the worst. The Enhanced Movement Control Order, or EMCO, puts the lock in lockdown. The strictest of all orders, it is usually applied to housing areas where COVID-19 clusters have been identified, like the ones bustling Masjid India Road, where the EMCO hammer fell on 7 April and remained in place until 4th May. As for EMCO don'ts, people are not allowed to travel in and out their housing areas, which will be guarded by armed security forces and visitors forbidden. All businesses will be closed. EMCO do's, well, actually there's not much you can do in the EMCO besides stay home and wait it out. But medical workers can leave the premises for work. From 27 March, specific locations were subjected to a stricter order dubbed the Enhanced Movement Control Order, EMCO or Enhanced MCO for 14 days if a large cluster was detected within the area for the government to conduct a thorough COVID-19 test towards all residents and to curb the spread of the virus out of the areas. The orders included all residents and visitors within the area are forbidden from exiting their homes during the order. Non-residents and visitors outside the area cannot enter the area subjected to the order. All businesses are shut down and the quick food supplies will be given by the authorities during the 14-day order to all residents. A medical base will be established within the area and all roads into the area are blocked. On 27 March, two areas in Simparangang Johor were subjected to the order until 9 of April as those areas alone contributed to a high 61 positive cases. On 30th March, this order was applied to a few hamlets in Sungai Lui, Hulu Langat District, Selangor due to a detection of a cluster involving a madrasa with 71 positive cases. On the other hand, City One, a residential complex in Jalan Munshi, Abdullah, Kuala Lumpur, which its residents are mainly foreign workers, were subjected to the extended order on 31st March as 17 cases involving residents of the tower were detected. Selangor Mansion and Malayan Mansion, apartment buildings located at Jalan Masjid India, Kuala Lumpur, were subjected to EMCOs on 7 April as 15 positive cases were detected within the two buildings while Jalan Masjid India and its surroundings area were subjected to EMCOs on 14 April. Similarly, an EMCO order was placed for over 15,000 residents living around the Kuala Lumpur wholesale market in Selayang on 20 April until the 3rd of May following the detection of 20 cases and one fatality from the area. On the 6th of April, Malaysia's Defence Minister Datuk Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob suggested that the government is planning for a new standard operating procedure regarding the EMCO, and the government tried to not impose an excessively wide radius towards areas subjected to the EMCO. On 9 November, the government extended the Enhanced Movement Control Order over several areas in Sabah, 
Selangor, Negeri Sembilan and Sarawak in response to a spike in cases nationwide. Since September 2020, EMCO has been imposed on many places, specifically in housing areas or dorms of migrant workers and detention centres as many COVID-19 cases came from those areas. EMCO proved that immigrant workers are vulnerable to COVID-19. A Malaysian official who spoke to Reuters on condition of anonymity said that the foreign workers, mostly from South Asia, were arrested because they did not have the necessary permits and that more raids will be conducted in the coming days. Now, let us move to the next phase of Movement Control Order, which is Administrative Enhanced Movement Control Order AEMCO or Perintah Kawalan Pergerakan Diperketatkan PKPD. It is applied similarly to specific high-risk areas but with fewer restrictions. The residents in areas placed under the order are allowed to move within and travel out of the design location, subject to clearance by official station there. Essentially, AEMCO is another subtype of EMCO. The difference is the application of restrictions in these areas. Also, it is compulsory for all residents in the location under AEMCO to undergo screening and testing. However, the food and essential services in this area can operate as usual. Alright, we move on to the last control order which is Targeted Enhanced Movement Control Order or known as TEMCO. The purpose of this control order is to avert a potential economic crisis, which the government say it will instead deploy a targeted approach by locking down specific high-risk or red zone areas and focus on the enforcement there. Yes, Shafika. Malaysians might not be familiar with TEMCO because TEMCO applies to a much smaller space instead of entire districts or localities, such as a residential complex or an office building with tighter restrictions and also with different SOP. Movement in and out of premises or areas placed under TEMCO is prohibited. Only those providing essential services are allowed in, while only the head of a family is allowed to venture outside to buy food or household goods. All social activities are prohibited. All residents of the areas must undergo mandatory quarantine that can be extended up to 28 days. Screening and testing are compulsory. Wow, this is really informative. Seems like we have gone through so much this year. We hope our information helped you to clear some of your doubts regarding the four types of movement control order in our country. We would like to grab this opportunity to thank the healthcare workers who have played a vital role in healthcare service delivery in Malaysia. We cannot thank you enough for your noble contributions and sacrifices. It is our ardent hope that we will continue to work together in providing the best healthcare services to the people of Malaysia. We wish to thank members of the public who have volunteered to assist our healthcare workers and other frontline workers. Together, we will win this battle against COVID-19. Hashtag kita jaga kita. Hmm, before we end today's podcast, please stay safe by taking some simple precautions such as practicing physical distancing, wearing a mask, especially when distancing cannot be maintained. Please avoid crowds and close contact. Regularly wash your hands and cough into a pen, elbow or tissue. 
Stay safe and break the chain. Oh wait. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at emissioncmp. See you next week.